Welcome to another segment of the Agricultural Market Viewpoint. This is a podcast where we reflect on various themes influencing the agricultural economy here at home in South Africa and beyond our borders. Folks, every Monday you always get from this channel a monologue of various subjects in the agricultural economy. But while you're hearing my voice, there are actually some people that are assisting and working tirelessly every week to ensure that we deliver what we hope is an excellent segment to you. And those people are Luandi Sokwakubana, Richard Humphreys, and Sam Kokeli. And I want to thank them in this last segment for the year for their work and hope that as we transition into 2024, they will continue to support uh, this podcast so that you, the listener, is able to get some value in what we're able to share with you in our reflection every week. So also good, huge thanks to you, the listeners, uh, because at the end of the day, we wouldn't be continuing to record this podcast if there weren't people that are showing some bit of appreciation for what we share and hopefully finding the, the views available in various aspects of your work. And also for this week's segments, I want to do something uh, slightly different by looking broadly in South Africa's agricultural economy and saying for the year 2023, what were some of the key things that stood out for us? And I would say there's about three major themes that really underpinned the agricultural economy. If you were to pick cross-cutting themes that I would say they were significant uh, this year. The first one is load shedding. Uh, if you scroll back into the start of this year in the early segments that were released, you will see that we talked a lot about that. And load shedding was a major problem because when you think about the South African agricultural sector, all of our horticulture, fruits and vegetables are under irrigation and without adequate supply of electricity, electricity, then you get to have a problem there. And of course, on the field crops, you also have 20% of maize under irrigation, 15% of soybean under irrigation, and then you have about uh, 34% of sugar cane is under irrigation and nearly half of wheat is under irrigation. And when there isn't adequate electricity or power supply, there's also issues um, on that. So at the start of the year, we were very worried to say, look, these uh, irrigation areas with all of these power supply challenges they can actually be under pressure and this can jeopardize production. And downstream in the processing sector, there were also concerns that this may slow production in the milling facilities, abattoirs, wine processing, packaging, and also result in major financial losses. In the livestock industry, the same is true. And in fact, those that may recall early in the year, poultry industry in South Africa, we were reading about cases of chickens dying and everything else. So that was a major issue at the start of this year. But of course, there were a number then of interventions that followed uh, the private sector themselves. They made a lot of investment on energy, on alternative energy supply sources that really assisted to ensure that the agricultural sector could continue with its production. The government, through the Department of Agriculture, Land Reform and Rural Development, sat with ESCOM to say, what are some of the interventions that can be made to assist with the sector in what we ended up calling the National Energy Task Team? And as a result of that, we saw the Land Bank also coming on board and with the creation of the Energy Agro-Energy Fund, which the sector can tap in as they are putting together all various energy sources, alternative energy sources to 
deal with this um, uh, issues of, of load shedding. There were also interventions like load curtailment that we saw happening um, and expansion of diesel rebate uh, for, throughout to the food value chain. And all of those interventions are some of the things that I would say they were impactful on assisting the sector to a certain extent. Of course, it doesn't mean that the sector is out of the woods now. There are still vulnerabilities, but I do think that with these interventions, we were able to cope well. The second part of it was a blessing that we're in a La Nina period, which meant then that even in areas where you would typically need a lot of rainfall for a lot of irrigation, the rainfall did assist to a certain extent to ensure that we are able to thrive well. So, But this was a major theme at the start of the year that I would say uh, was quite prominent this year. The second aspect I would say that was prominent in agriculture is biosecurity. By biosecurity, I mean the measures that typically gets put in place to curb the spread of diseases in animals and in crops. But this time around in South Africa, we had the animal diseases in a scale that I would say we haven't seen in recent past. First, we had the foot and mouth disease, which was already in livestock from 2022. Six of our nine provinces have been struggling with this foot and mouth disease in the cattle industry, and it continued into 2023. And the other aspect that we're struggling from last year and went on into this year is the African swine fever in our pig industry. And in this year, then, we struggled with what we call the avian influenza, which is the bird flu within the poultry sector. And we've seen all of these things worldwide, but I don't think that most countries have actually seen them so intense as what we've seen in South Africa, where they were just occurring at the same time uh, this year. And this has had a huge impact because if you think about it, the livestock and poultry sector in South Africa makes up roughly half of our agricultural economy. So when you have problems there, you tend to see these quite spread out across the sector and those vulnerabilities being there in the sector. And of course, this then does mean that there's a number of things that needs to be done um, in the sector to control just the spread of the diseases. But what we saw in the near term being made, being done to, to of course, deal with this was to strengthen certain biosecurity measures to ensure that the spread of the diseases in cattle, in poultry, in pigs is somewhat slightly reduced in the poultry sector in, in specific because now there were also inflation worries that were there. There's importation of uh, fertilized eggs to rebuild the parent stock of the poultry. Um, and, and of course, there is a certain segment if you just scroll back into this podcast where we dive deep into the avian influenza things. But there's a number of those interventions that were made. And the second one was, of course, to exploration around the vaccination uh, of the sector. So those are some of the things that, that, that had been put in place. But I think broadly, if you think about what we saw in the poultry sector, what we saw in cattle, what we see in animal, in pigs, South Africa does need to do some work on ensuring that we don't experience these biosecurity breaches because they speak to certain vulnerabilities in our sector, in, in, our, in our country, in a veterinarian side, as well as a supportive services. And you can say also within the labs, we all know about the OBP uh, issues where South Africa has failed to produce certain vaccines and all of those things. So those are some of the stuff that needs to be improved. But the intervention to strengthen the animal disease uh, challenges in, 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 to, to, to deal with the animal disease challenges in the sector have to be made by the government working together with organized agriculture. So we have to deal with this because 48% of our agricultural economy is livestock and poultry and animal diseases are the biggest threat. The third aspect 
that has been important is, of course, the issue of the ports. The, the ports issue has always been a consistent problem, but Department of Agriculture, organized uh, agriculture and Transnet have always worked together over the years to ensure that whatever challenges that we experience, there are some measures that get put in place uh, to limit the impact of that on the sector. But of course, um, those measures were useful to an extent because if you look at our exports as the agricultural sector for the first nine months of this year, they are up 1% and estimated and, and measured at $10.2 billion, up 1% year on year basis. So we're doing well. But in the last quarter of the year, this is where the problem is that uh, people see the issues in the ports across ports of Cape Town, Durban, there's congestion and all of those things. So this is perhaps one of the major things um, that is a headache now for everyone in the sector. And I think we have to think about it a lot because as South Africa, uh, we have an agricultural sector that is export oriented. About half of what we produce in value terms goes to the exports. And of course, then when you have challenges in the logistics, it does mean that in your export capacity, there are issues that, that are there. But in the sector, we think that the impact will largely show in the fourth quarter data. But for the first nine months of the year, we did reasonably well. But I think overall, what I've noted in here, there are a number of problems in the sector. I didn't touch in a couple of them, but I think these three are the cross-cutting and perhaps maybe most prominent problem that needs to be dealt with in our sector. The power supply issue, biosecurity, as well as logistics. And these things are also the ones that I would say they've taken a lot of attention of this year to the extent that there was almost no time to look at programs such as the agriculture and the agro-processing master plan that was there designed by both government and private sector to grow the sector because now we're living in a crisis mode where we're trying to resolve some of these problems uh, within our sector, rightly so. But I think going into 2024, we have identified the problems that are there put them in, in context of the agriculture and agro-processing master plan. If we go and implement it rigorously, while at the same time dealing with some of the problems that at least are within the means of the Department of Agriculture, as well as the um, agricultural stakeholders. And of course, those that are outside of the department's mandate in other departments, we have to figure out a way of actually nudging those folks so that also of in those things can be addressed. So folks, let me end it there for the year. There's a number of things that we were able to talk about throughout the year. And you can, um, as you drive around across South Africa, you can go back to our channel and listen to various segments that we, we put out there. The other thing that I will do, I will be quite active uh, for some time on Twitter or X um, and to an extent on LinkedIn, but I would say primarily on X and Twitter. And you can follow me there at Wandile Sihlobo and you will receive a lot of commentary about a range of things in the agricultural sector. And with that, I want to thank you for listening um, and being with us throughout the year. And hopefully in 2024, you continue to follow and listen to this channel. Some of my writings, if you want to read in your downtime, is on my blog and the link to the blog is in the description of this podcast which is www.wandilesitlobo.com thank you for listening <laughs>